Oh, hey, I didn't see you there. I'm Dave Holmes. Welcome to a very special episode of International Waters. Now, we've been making this show for nearly seven years. Can you believe it? Mm, how time flies. And in those seven years, we have had some unbelievable guests. We have played so many hilarious games, and we've just had a lot of fun. Uh, this is officially the last episode of International Waters, as you know it. And what better way to commemorate this momentous occasion than with a clip show? Now, of course, there's no way we could possibly include every great segment in this episode, but here are a few of our favorites. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome aboard. We have uh, over 130 episodes of International Waters for you to enjoy. For those of you who have been here since the beginning, thank you so much for staying with us. We cannot wait to show you what we are working on. Uh, special thanks to everybody who left us a comment. Let us know what moments stood out to you throughout our run. We've got TV theme song sing-alongs. We have erotic fan fiction. Plus, we're going to be revealing bits of International Waters 2.0. All of that and so much more on the very best of International Waters. Now, before we get into our first clip, let's talk a little bit about what we have in store for you in the new iteration of International Waters. First of all, will not be called International Waters anymore. We will reveal the new title, the new logo, all that good stuff in good time. So be sure to follow us on at IWPod on Twitter. Join our Facebook group. It's still called International Waters for now on all social media channels. I can tell you that we will uh, still have four comedians splitting up into teams of two, but we're not going to limit ourselves to U.S. comedians versus U.K. comedians. We've done that. So how are we splitting up the teams? You are just going to have to keep listening to find out. For now, though, let's start things off with a clip from episode one, two, six, self-care level show tune. Our guests for that one were uh, Jordan Morris, Irene White, Sean Doxey, and Alexis Duboose. And this round was called Emoji Killed the Radio Star. For this game, we gave our contestants a series of emojis, and everyone had to try their best to convert that emoji into a sound. It was the weirdest thing I've ever done in my life. Feel free to consult your emoji keyboards on your phones, but using your text-to-speech settings, of course, is cheating. An easy one to start. Face with tongue sticking out, one eye closed, one eye wide open. Let's hear each of your noises. Uh, Dippin'. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Buff. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Dippin'. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Way. Oh man, <laughs> Irene's my favorite. Uh, yeah, okay, that was, that, that's yeah. Up next, Mine too. Uh, dollar signs for eyes. Uh, green tongue sticking out with the dollar sign on the green tongue. Dipping. Yeah. <laughs> Dipping. Yeah. <laughs> Ty, Ty, both U.S. All right. Why isn't this a TV no. show? A <laughs> uh, picture of a crab. Both. Yeah. That's what I was going to do. Good. Pretty good. That's what I was going to do. It's going to be tough to beat. It's going to be tough to beat. Dipping. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a sad crab. Yeah. Okay. Reincarnated it's a hard as a life. crab. It's not a really happy. hard life. Okay. You have to eat trash. It's just the worst. Dippin'. Yeah. Okay. That was disappointing. I'm disappointed in myself. It's a gassy crab. I meant it was like a, oh, God, what a crab. Oh, sure. Like that. 
Shan? Uh, Boff, um, oh, I hate Jordan B. Peterson. <laughs> UK takes it. UK takes yeah, it. That was good. <laughs> the, uh, the, ch- the person from the chest up with their arms folded in an X shape in front of them. I'm like, no. Oh, I thought they were dead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen the. Yeah, UK. <gasps> okay. Aggressive. Buff. Yeah. Love you. Oh, see, more gentle, more loving. Interesting. Interesting. interesting yeah, Self love against. Yeah, you really run the gamut. You, uh, D- US. Dip it. Mm-hmm. X. <laughs> X. 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 Yeah, I mean, obviously, Jordan, Jordan gets the point there. And last but not least, the uh, inexplicably smiling pile of ex- excrement. Boff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would be a little stinker, wouldn't he? Dip it. Yeah. It's me, Jordan B. Peterson. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Dipping. Yes. Uh, U.S. No. Smell you later, asshole. Oh, Jesus. You really went there. <laughs> yeah. Alexis. Nice to meet you. Oh, there it is. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. UK gets the point. Got to tell you folks, some good friends of mine were involved in the uh, recording of this episode, and I look at them differently now. Now, our next clip is one of my favorites. It's one of our most sexy games. I, of course, am talking about erotic fan fiction. This clip is from episode 96, Daddy's Got a Deep Voice, from April 2017. Our guests were Amber Nash, Darcy Carden, Susie Kane, and Humphrey Carr. A dream lineup. In this game, our contestants had two minutes to come up with the sexiest fan fiction they could imagine, involving Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, and the special relationship. What could be sexier? Historically, America and Britain's leaders have been allies. Thatcher and Reagan, Bush and Blair, uh, that Second World War, there were people involved there. Uh, When Theresa May came to the White House and held Donald Trump's tiny hand so he wouldn't be scared of some stairs, did you sense a little frisson? I did. Uh, Are we about to become friends with trade benefits? Pitch me a sensual story about the Trump and May administration that won't make me burst into tears of disgust. Two minutes start now. Okay, well, I'm obviously, our scene is the Oval Office. Sure. It's got a history of sexual misconduct. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of soft furnishings. There's flags you can wrap semi-naked bodies in. So, great spot. Trump's set. It's late at night. He's working late. By which I mean he's probably just watching reruns of Fox and Friends. <laughs> yeah, sure. And, uh, and uh, reading Golf Magazine. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a knock, essential knock at the door. <laughs> Oh, okay. Essential knock. Scratching, maybe? I think just like, just a knock that you, you know isn't like coming from like a Secret Service guy. It's sure. like, it's the, the knock of a lady's hand. Mm. Sure. You know, oh. we, all, we all know, we all recognize that yes. sound when we hear it. <laughs> and the door opens and, you know, who comes in? It's Teresa. Ooh. Right? And she's all like, Hi. <laughs> um, Sexy. Yeah, just like, but, uh, oh, sorry. Hi. So sorry, I was just... I didn't realize this was your room. I was just looking for a bathroom. And he's all like, Yes, this is my room. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. It's the greatest room. It's fantastic. Allow me to show you all of the things I've got in here. And she sachets into the room, you know, and there's that, like, sexy swishing sound. Mm. She's got those, like... 140 denier flesh color tights on. <laughs> <laughs> Just like surgical support tights. Little sparks of electricity kind of yeah. pinging off from her legs. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. Big time. And he's like, oh, I should show you this. I got something huge over here behind oh. my desk. 
And she's oh. like, oh, my God. And he's like, look, it's the bill for NATO that I gave <laughs> Angela Merkel. It's $300 billion. And she's like, why don't you put that away and show me something else? Okay. Right? And then... And then... Uh, big I, finish. You got 10 seconds. Big, uh, I, she, <laughs> That's a little build-up. Uh, she sucks his dick! Yay! She sucks his dick! <laughs> big finish. I'm so sorry. No, I, I thought that was the perfect ending. I, I didn't realise we only had 10 seconds. <laughs> she sucks his oh, dick. God. I mean, and he, oh, God. And he oh. does not reciprocate. Of course not. The, 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 we know what we're talking the, about. The right? end. Yeah. He, at that. the end, he goes, you're a three. Really? Wow. Oh my God! Oh, I enjoyed that. That's oh great. boy, I love that. All right, let me let me cool off for a moment. Yeah, really. Ooh, all well, right. That is a weird boner. It is, yeah. right? It is. It's like a question mark. <laughs> yeah, weird. Uh, all right, Team US, let's have a little palate okay. changer now. Okay. My dick demands it, uh, and move from the horrible reality <laughs> oh, to the world voice. of the cryptozoological. The U.S. and the U.K. have a rich tradition of mythical monsters. Mm. We mentioned Bigfoot before. I want you to pitch me a very sexy, very sensual story about an encounter between Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. Will it take place in the Pacific Northwest, uh, along a a highway in Idaho, or Scotland? Will they be blurrily photographed? Does Sasquatch shave? Your time starts now. I think think maybe, like, Bigfoot's, like, about to go off to college. But he's like, you know, I should like, I should go, I should see the world. Oh, I should like backpack around. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, he goes to Scotland, right? Um, and and finds, yeah, it's like a he finds this big um, uh, body of water. Yeah, and he's you know he's pretty warm blooded and and he he's been walking around and he gets sweaty and yeah. you know sweaty fur. yeah he's that sweaty matted matted fur yeah. um, and he's like. Mm. This body could use a washing. Yeah. Right? So he's like, I might hop in this water. Yeah, he rolls up his his um, his pants that he's wearing, his, like, dungarees. Yes, he's wearing dungarees. Yeah. He rolls them up, and um, he, he kind of, like, gets into the water, and then his pants get so wet, he's like, oh, I might as well take these pants off. Right. So he unzips his pants, slides them down his, his narrow hips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's also got very thick thighs, so... Thick, Narrow hips and thick, thick thighs. thighs. Sure. And then all of a sudden he feels this uh, bit of a, like a, like a licking, a lapping. Like right on his ball. Right on his balls. On his big hairy balls. He has big hairy balls, you sure. see. Well, yeah. And he feels if something. If I know one thing about Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden he's like, whoa, what the? And then this cute little lizardy head pops out of the water. Yeah. And it's big eyelashes. Big, gorgeous, sexy eyelashes. Yeah. Crazy, sexy yeah. eyelashes. And it's. Nessie. The, yeah, Nessie. The Nessie. Right. And she's like, hi, Daddy. <laughs> Which is what Bigfoot always wanted, but didn't know. Right? <laughs> and um, and he's kind of like, whoa, wait, what? Who, what are you? <laughs> I didn't even know what's going on. Right. And she's like. Because he's kind of a bro. We didn't mention oh, that. Oh, yeah. He's a total bro. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then she's just like, you know, I can't resist a, a, a thin hip and a thick thigh. <laughs> She always wanted that too and didn't know. Totally. She's just down there with fish. And yeah. Guys, guys, big finish. 10 seconds. Yeah. And she sucks his dick. Okay. Oh! <laughs> oh, my God. That was so. You know, both I of your stories the shared some plot points. Wow. Yeah. I love yeah. that I mean, dynamic. There's a similar was, sort of that was structure. Kind of sexy, that yeah. I found. Like, I love the whole like Mrs. Robinson yeah. vibe. Right. Over there. Yeah. I like, did too. And what yeah. people listening might not know is that during that whole story, Darcy and I never stopped making <laughs> eye contact. <laughs> 
mercy. I gotta, I gotta cool myself off a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Have a lemonade. Thank you for being here, everybody. We'll be right back with more of the very best of international waters. Coming up, we got a ton of embarrassing and very weird anecdotes, some improvised TV show theme song lyrics, and some more details about the brand new show. So stay tuned. Is there a dog in a car at a bar on the street? Yay! I'm Allegra Ringo, a small dog owner. My dog Pistachio howls when she's excited. And I'm Renee Culvert, a big dog owner. My dog Tugboat tips over when he's sleepy. And we co-host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog that airs every Tuesday. We bring you all things dog. Yes, dog news, dog tech, dogs we met this week. We also have pretty famous guests on Butt Legs. We're not going to let them talk about their projects. No. Just want to hear about those dogs. We don't want to hear about your stuff, only your dogs. So join us every Tuesday on Max Fun. Hello, this is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We're talking about how the creative process is in itself an art form, in our opinion. There are underlying forms and structures that serve as a scaffolding for any creative endeavor. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. New episodes will be coming every other Monday. Starting January 28th. So please listen and subscribe at Max. MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. International Waters is supported in part by Care Of. Do something good for your health in 2019. Care Of makes it easy to stick to your health-related resolutions. I use it. It's a personalized little packet of vitamins suited to your lifestyle. Care Of's fun online quiz asks you about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle choices. It takes a very short time to complete. And then... They deliver daily vitamin and supplement packs customized to your recommendations. And a portion of every sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. Take advantage of this month's special New Year offer. For 50% off your first month of personalized Care of Vitamins, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter Waters. Oh, hello, and welcome back to International Waters. I'm your host, Dave Holmes. We're going over some of our favorite segments from International Waters. And before we get into the next round, let's talk a little bit about International Waters 2.0. Audience participation is going to be a big part of the new format. So please follow us on Twitter. We're still at IWPod. And on Facebook, we're still International Waters. Also, we have a phone line open. We'll be asking you, the listener, for stories, questions, suggestions, a whole lot more. So uh, keep this number handy. Put it in your phone. 323-300-4984. In our new format, we're going to be regularly putting out the call for submissions. So keep that number in your Rolodex. If you're keeping a Rolodex, I would refer you to Marie Kondo. And if you're an international listener and you don't want to pay those pesky calling fees, send us a voice memo. You can give it to producer Christian. He is Christian at MaximumFun.org. For example, right now, you can call 323-300-4984 and share your most embarrassing drunk stories. That'll be good. All right, now back to our clip show. Almost every episode, we ask our guests to share personal embarrassing anecdotes about their lives. And they deliver. We have had so many great stories from all throughout IW's run, and we have compiled three of our favorite storytelling segments. Let's get into them. The first round of stories comes from episode 88, Dog on Top. Baby on Bottom. Our guests were Carrie Quinlan, 
Lauren Ashley Bishop, Nick Duty, and Joe Starr. We asked our contestants to give us their craziest Christmas stories, and this is what they gave us. I have one. It's, it's, it's kind of insane, but it really did happen. Yeah. Our next-door neighbor foiled a shoplifter at a local greengrocer's who said, anytime, just come at the end of the day and you can have the bad stuff we haven't been able to sell. And he said this without understanding what kind of man our next-door neighbor was, who came every day with a shopping cart. He would just fill up with all the... Anyway, he couldn't eat all of this stuff. It was just him and his wife. So he used to leave it on our porch. Hey, here's a melon that's diseased. <laughs> I, I was away at university and I came back for Christmas to find my mum and my aunt uh, preparing Brussels sprouts and they had two like like enough to fill a coffin twice. Like so many <laughs> Brussels sprouts. And I was like, oh god, this is Mr. Gregson, isn't it? Yeah, he's left us just an impossible number of Brussels sprouts. By the way, how do you like the, the decorations? And she made me go back and see the advent wreath. And it had Brussels sprouts in it. And then I had to look, I looked at what she thread, threaded through the sort of hall and over the, all the doors and everything. And every third bauble was green. I hadn't realized. Oh it, it's a Brussels sprout. And I went, I can't oh. believe you did this. And she went, no, no, look again. And they were all Brussels sprouts. It's just that she painted one in three of them gold and another in three gold. The woman was absolutely insane. She'd spray-painted Brussels sprouts silver and gold and then left one au naturel, you know, for Christmas. That is beautiful. I can't wait to be that old and get that crazy. I love that. I want to experience a duty Christmas. A very duty Christmas. I'm doing it. It's oh, here. God, that's beautiful. It's amazing. the squirrels had found that house. Right? <laughs> that's the one you want to go to. I wish I had found that house. I love a Brussels sprout. Anyone else? Uh, there was uh, several years ago uh, on Christmas morning, uh, my mom had a, a package from a, a gift for me, and it was it was addressed to me from her and my father, who and they've been divorced for thank God twenty five years. So now yeah. she was like, "Okay, I know that that's a little bit different, so I need to explain uh, this this gift." And uh, she said, "You know, thirty years ago, or you know, your father and I, the price of silver was going up." And she said, "You know, and we wanted to get you." Um, for your wedding, we wanted to get you a full set of silver, which is uh, a very common thing in the in the South, and um, to be proper. And she said, you know, and so she said, we put it in a lockbox 30 years ago um, because we thought it would be, you know, a wonderful wedding present for you. And, um, and this year, uh, we gave up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I was like, so, so you've waited 30 years and you picked Christmas. You yeah. picked Christmas Day uh, to give this to you, and uh, and that was when I knew that my mother. Uh, that was when I, uh, I shortly after there uh, found out my mother had started drinking again. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, thanks. Okay, yeah, so this came <laughs> from a morose moment. Exactly. Merry yeah. Merry Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas. Oh, wow, boy. it was a beautiful morning. Save uh, some money, though, it? I guess. Sure. Sure, because I use silver all the time. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Anyone else? I don't have any major Christmassy stories of hellishness, except for the fact that I was brought up Catholic. Um, and, uh, and so we always had to go to Mass on Christmas Day. Often we go to Midnight Mass. Often um, my dad was very keen on getting seats at Midnight Mass, so we'd arrive there at 10 um, and sit in a cold church for two hours until anyone else turned um, But the one that really sticks with me is one Christmas morning when we went to Mass. And... Um, 
they did a nice thing in the middle with uh, in the middle of the service where the priest got all the kids together and was asking us what we got for Christmas in our stockings and stuff. And I had got, and it was a, it's, it's probably the greatest present I've ever been given. I was given a yellow um, space hopper with the Incredible Hulk on it, and I loved this thing. And I was so pleased. And I told and I told them that, and an, and an entire large church of people laughed at me. And <laughs> That was thirty-seven years ago, and it still hurts. Oh, oh God! Oh, yeah. yeah, that'll leave a mark. What is yeah. a space hopper? Um, it's that. It's those. Uh, it's that. It's inflatable. That big inflatable ball thing with sort of two horns, handle things that you sit on and jump around on. What? Those are dope. Oh, I had one so of those. Great. Yeah, they were it's amazing. Church, and it had the Incredible Hulk on it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you bounce that up to communion. You'd be proud of that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You should ride that every day from now on. (laughs) Still. Still. Yeah. Reclaim your youth. Yeah. I'm going to find one and I'm going to go to church on it. Damn it. You wouldn't like me when I'm Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) That is actually true. I was was raised Catholic as as well, but the worst present I ever got was from a Baptist minister in the States and his wife. Because I was engaged to an American girl for a while, but a while ago it didn't work out because we got married. Mm. And um, they they didn't know me at all. So they gave me as a present uh, a diary that was clearly a free diary you get given at an old people's home. But But it was from that year. So there were... There were six days left in it. <laughs> I, th- I thought this was That's the a- worst present imaginable until I saw what they were going to give to my brother-in-law to be, who was he was really into electronics and computers. So they said, "Ah, oh, you all like this stuff," and gave him a box full of broken light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> who are these? Have something people? to do. How do I get in contact? With them? <laughs> I like their style. Next round of stories comes from episode one thirteen. More than an uncle. With guests Jamila Jamil, Nick Rutherford, Ramesh Ranganathan, and Helen Hong. We asked our guests to tell us their most embarrassing cooking stories. I uh, was on the Great British Bake Off. Try not to be starstruck. Wow. Uh, I am, actually. What season? Uh, Three years ago season. Mm. That's how I can describe that. Um, And it was sort of like an extra comic relief version. And uh, I had never... Uh, turned an oven on really in my life before accepting the challenge to do this and I was like oh, how hard can it be um, I set fire to everything no uh, on, I, on television yep I wow. ate uh, half of my ingredients before I got a chance to cook them and I didn't realise how precise an art it is uh, <laughs> and um, then I made a dessert that was the first dessert in the history of the Bake Off deemed unsafe to eat <laughs> uh, <laughs> And now more people stop me in the street around the world uh, about that one episode than yeah. they do about the 10-year career that I've had. What oh. deemed uh, it? And they uns- take photographs of me just to, to be with a legend that ruined the Great British I'm breakfast. dying to know what uh, yeah. deemed it unsafe to eat. Yeah. Like, was it raw chicken? It was raw egg mm. and Mary Berry is old as fuck. I just, uh, yeah. And so they didn't think it was safe I, for her to I'm, eat. I'm it. having this image of you in the middle of a burning kitchen just shoving flour into your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just no, like, it was. A, did I win yet? It looked like I was having a nervous breakdown on what, camera. What were you trying to make? Um, I think it was something that resembled a meringue. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Meringue also, stuff. they asked me to make a pork pie, having never made a pork pie before. That's a really complicated thing to have as a surprise challenge with sure. no warning. I think that's yeah. the point yeah. Yeah. of the show. Right? Is this it's on YouTube? Like, surprise! This is on YouTube. Oh. All right, folks, you know what you have to do. <laughs> uh, anybody else think they can top that? Mm-hmm. As I uh, doubt it. Um, I 
my mother for one year was like, I don't really want to cook the turkey. I'll buy a pre-cooked turkey and uh-huh. we can just heat it for the guests coming over. And I was like, yeah. oh, I got this, Mom. And I glanced at the directions and I saw um, 15 minutes, you know, heat this eight-pound turkey for 15 minutes. I was yeah. like, oh, wow, that's so short and convenient. And then <laughs> as the guests are arriving, I realized that it said 15 minutes per pound. Oh, shit. And really, the turkey should have been in the oven for like two hours. At that yeah, point. wow. So I'm frantically carving bits of cold turkey and throwing them into the microwave oven oh. to serve to these poor guests. Luckily, oh. they were Korean, so we just brought out a side of kimchi and it was all good. Great. <laughs> good. That's simple. Microwave turkey with kimchi. Yeah, that's oh, what you delicious. do. You don't cut corners on Thanksgiving, you know? <laughs> don't try to chant out. Yeah, I don't think anybody turkey. wanted nuked turkey no. on yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. The, 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 no thing, the problem with your team name is that when you were going, mm, fuck, mm, fuck, I just thought you were just struggling to think of a cooking store. I didn't realize yeah. you were coming in with an answer. No, so I was buzzing in. Yeah. That's American snakes mm-hmm. in the grass. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, my dad used to run a pub when it was, he's no longer, no longer with us, but when he, he, he used to run a pub and we used to do Christmas at his pub every year. And um, so one year he invited, he's a couple of Muslim friends of his that he invited over, and he made a big show of getting a chef to do uh, a halal turkey for the, for the family or whatever. Uh-huh. He was getting it delivered to the pub. Anyway, so he'd got this uh, turkey organised. The chef knocked on the door, um, arrived with the turkeys, all covered in four, looked all ready to go. So my dad put it on the table, very proud, and I've done this, is a, did this especially, got the chef in especially. He pulled the foil back, and on that turkey was more bacon than I've ever seen in my life. Oh. I mean, it was oh. insane. <laughs> it was absolutely insane. You couldn't see the turkey. <laughs> no. Wow. So, like... How did that happen? Did he just pick up the wrong one? No, the chef, like, he'd got the halal turkey, and he said to yeah. the chef, do a halal turkey, but this chef somehow didn't realize he thought that it would, the bacon would undermine the whole point of getting He thought it was turkey. a hell yeah turkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want a hell yeah turkey? Coming up. <laughs> I know, like, that much bacon, it's like, it's like a bunch of middle fingers yeah. on the turkey. I guess it was like some sort of political statement. Do you know what I mean, don't expect chefs to be that. That into it. Wow. So what did you guys do? Not eat it? Well, I don't eat meat. So I had like my mum had done like a load of veggie stuff for mm. me. And then I had to begrudgingly share that amongst the, the Muslim guests. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't keen on them being there in the first place. So sure, then to have right. to share my food. Yeah. With them. Um, <laughs> God. Nick, uh, got anything? Uh, or is I mean, it just n- nothing no. but successes in your kitchen? I'm just very good at cooking. I actually one time, wasn't me, but when I was living in New York, Probably when we met, yeah. I uh, I came home to the apartment I was living in with my buddy, and he was cooking like Chef Boyardee, like you know some shitty twenty three year old dude food, <laughs> and he had fallen asleep on the bed on the like couch while he was cooking up this thing. So I came in and there was just a pot shooting like four foot tall <laughs> flames out of it. <laughs> I like look over, my buddy's passed out, and there's a, li- a literal like fire happening a few feet. I quickly put it together and. Put the fire out, so possibly save the building. Oh, Just, uh, yeah. so you're actually a hero. Yeah, so you're a cooking hero, <laughs> exactly. Um, and nobody recognizes me on the street for it. What do you got to do? Burn a kitchen down? Yeah, try to poison <laughs> a TV host. I mean, a 99 year old TV host. Yeah. Um, if someone was to make a turkey for their family, and then they forgot to use the gloves and took it out of the oven and then dropped the turkey <laughs> and all of the vegetables underneath it on the floor and then was so pissed off with their family because they'd been driving them insane that day and then that said person 
was to uh, scoop it up <laughs> off the ground and uh, flip the bird over and serve it anyway without telling anyone. Ooh. What would we think of this person? I think that person would get points. Are you asking yeah. for a friend? It, know yeah, that person? It was, it was me. <laughs> That'd be yeah, a Greg's person. turkey. They still don't know. That's They're just finding out right now wow. that that's oh, what happened boy. the t- first time I ever made Now it. they know oh, why your turkey was dusty. Yeah. <laughs> I drop food all the time and just put it in if I'm cooking for You people. have children. What? Well, I know, but I see it builds them up, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Doesn't it, does it make yeah. them better, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. You're improving them. I don't know if it makes them better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but like, you know, like, yeah, it's good for their insides. Yeah, exactly. But when they see you feed them off the ground, that's going to hurt them Yeah, I mean, no, but that's, that's only as a punishment. <laughs> yeah, okay. And they Fair know. Enough. Fair enough. I'll just put their face right in it. Yeah. You deserve it. Yeah. Did you see what daddy dropped? I also want to mention this one story from Ramesh. We were talking about funeral playlists. And uh, he shared an anecdote that uh, is worth revisiting. No way. This is a bizarre concept that I've always thought was weird of, like, someone being like, you know what I'd really like to play at my funeral? What? You're dead. Making a playlist? Like, you have a Spotify, like, (laughs) open this upon my demise? When my dad dad passed away, my uncle's younger brother said, on the day of his funeral, he goes, Ramesh, I've got some um, songs that sort of I'd like to play, like, during your dad's funeral. And I said... Yeah, okay, let's have a listen. He was like, no, but it was but it was stuff like I'm really gonna miss you, but like sexual. So he'd only what? listen to so he'd, like love he'd songs? only he'd like only R. Kelly. Yeah, yeah, but he'd only listen to the chorus where it's gonna miss you, but then it'd be like the touch of your body right. and all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's I I'd play that at my funeral. I think that's great. <laughs> Or maybe he was telling you something. Yeah, I guess oh, so. He was more than an uncle. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yikes. Oh, that's fantastic. There are no lines we, can, we don't cross here on this show. No lines None. we don't cross. Hey, your uncle's coming over. We're going to be upstairs for a few hours. <laughs> Turn the TV on as yeah, loud they, as possible. I mean, it's weird. Like, my uncle told me his, his and my dad's favorite song was Pony by Genuine, but I didn't think anything what? of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that song. <laughs> Our final round of stories comes from episode 98 of Furious 69 with guests Sophia Eisenberg, Bill Dwyer, Tom Bell, and Holly Byrne. We asked our guests to give us stories of when they took matters into their own hands and became vigilantes. I even got a story in there. Babe's going to show off for a little while. Okay. But, uh, a few years ago, I was on a plane that was descending into Burbank Airport. We were about 20 minutes from landing. And a guy, and this was like, you know, you know, like we were on high alert, right? Uh, so a guy went into the bathroom. A guy who had brought on his own pillow, by the way, which, by the way, mm-hmm. like. Right, already. Already suspect. Red flag. You've got to carry so that up. around with you everywhere you go. <sighs> no, you don't. What are you, Richard Simmons? No, you No, don't. but I'm seeing you got to, like everywhere, like business meetings. That should no. be the rule. you got to yeah. take it everywhere. Yeah, if you're going to bring it on a plane, yeah, you should <laughs> you also. you got to take it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. you got to strap uh, it to your so neck. So he gets up, goes to the bathroom, and then all of a sudden the whole plane fills up with smoke. And like, and people freak out. What? And like, and the and the uh, the flight attendants are pound, pound, pounding on the door. Every, like, the whole plane starts to lose their minds because it's like that guy's lighting a bomb back there. Finally, they get the door open. He was just smoking. Literally, we're twenty minutes away from Burbank Airport. He just had to have a cigarette. So, yeah. and like, I was, I was, I was unbelievably terrified. And then I was furious. And the air, like the the police were waiting for him. Yeah. When, when we landed. And I bounded off the plane and I went up to the police and I was like, I will point him out. And they were like, we know That's the which closest. we're going to know That's... which one he is. But I was so ready to just like point the finger right at him. Now, interesting. I, I didn't say it came close, but that's the closest. All of those bathrooms say they have smoke alarms. Clearly that did not ring. Clearly not. Hmm. Clearly interesting. Not. 
Anyway, that was my fascinating okay, story. Okay, mine is very vulnerable. Yeah? it was, And it's dumb, but I think it qualifies. Honest to God, I was with some, I had a Montley crew of not very great friends in high school, kind of the bad kids, uh-huh. but we all got good grades. Weird. Like, we smoked pot and did drugs, but we good grades. Anyways, sure, we happens. decided we wanted to do something called positive vandalism. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so in the middle of the night, we took a push mower and mowed people's lawns and then <laughs> left messages on their windows in soap that said things like, the midnight mowers strike again, your ass is grass. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that is... I've never admitted it because I've always felt very ashamed that we thought that was film. I love that. That's great. I did a similar thing. Somebody in my neighborhood had been teepeed by some bad kids. But I was a good kid, and I was a Cub Scout, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to fix it. So I went, and I took all the, the toilet paper down, uh, and it had rained, so it was like a long day. And, uh, and my, I got in huge trouble for it because my parents were like, now everybody in the neighborhood thinks that you TP'd oh, that no! house, oh including the people who lived there. Like, nobody's going to believe that an eight-year-old kid voluntarily took TP out of a Yes, I, I, I once stole a pen from Staples in a weird move, and then I decided that was wrong, and I tried to return mm. it. Have you ever tried to re- return a something you no. have stolen? It's impossible. No. no I, well, it's so would, guilty. If you have kids, your kids shoplift all the time and you don't realize it. <laughs> yeah. They're in a cart and they're just grabbing stuff and you're out of your mind and sure. you walk out of the store and they've got just all this stuff under their sweaters yeah. and you never bring it back. No, of course not. Never. You didn't mean to steal. Any, no. any other Dirty Harrys? I do. Yeah. Yes. Kim Jong. Wait. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a big now, one. See, mine is, see, I always, I, I've made some mistakes. I mean, not only do I look like a cop, but sometimes I act like one. Mm-hmm. So I'm at a, uh, I'm at one of my favorite uh, Italian restaurants, Casa Bianca in Eagle Rock here. Mm-hmm. And um, I got my eye on this guy, right? He comes in, he's kind of shifty, right? He's like walking around and he goes to, a, he's walking down the aisles, right? He, he doesn't have a table or anything. They have yeah. a little waiting area. But he comes into the restaurant and he goes and he grabs a, a piece of pizza off a table, you know, that was sitting mm-hmm. there that people obviously didn't want to take with him. Yeah. He goes over to another table and he grabs uh, the uh, Parmesan cheese out of the shaker and slips it in his coat. So I'm just, I'm keeping my eye on my wife's Uh-oh. purse. And this guy is just kind of moving around the restaurant. So finally I go, hey, hang on. I got to take care of this. So I walk up to him right? and he's shifty, right? He's already stolen Parmesan cheese. So I walk up to him and I go, all right, pal, let's go. I yeah. go, it's time to go. I go, let's go. You're out of here. It's time to go. I saw you take the cheese and the pizza <laughs> off the table. And he goes, just waiting for my pizza, man. Oh, <laughs> how heartbreaking. <laughs> oh, I love this guy already. But he was still stealing Parmesan yeah. cheese yep. from Casa Bianca, a family-run restaurant in Eagle Rock. You don't do that. You don't the do that. sound guy's going Except crazy. Except that you're kind of expected my... to do that, and that's why they buy so many. Yeah, and right. I've done that a, a few times. <laughs> sure. Stolen <laughs> Parmesan cheese? That's how you know? No, no. I used to steal toothpick dispensers. That was my collection. Okay. And you can't find them unless you're in a restaurant. you got to steal them. Yeah. yeah can't sure. buy them. That's no. no fun. No. Team UK, vigilante work? Or you love vigilantes? Well, I feel like I've got to shut down this crime ring you've basically got over there. <laughs> I mean, hey. Yeah, we're pretty evil here. Toothpicks? This is insane. I One time, yeah, I did. I'm trying to think. One time there was this kid um, in, a, in a park just smashing up this sign. This sign, he had a stick, and he was just angrily smashing the sign. And I, and I thought, oh, I've got to. This guy, he needs to, I didn't want to make him stop smashing this sign, but I thought, you know what, I could shout at him, but I bet that's all he's ever had is, is, is people <laughs> shouting at him. And I thought, you know what, maybe what he needs is a positive male role model. <laughs> I don't know what I was like, I am going to be, I'm going to be a shining difference in his life. I'm going to step in and I'm going to sort of, and I, I went, hey, hey, buddy, 
Let's chat about why you're doing that. Let's chat about why you're smashing this sign. And uh, and I was like, you're probably angry. You know what? There's a lot to be angry about. I get angry. <laughs> and I tried to do all this, and he just he and he punched me in the face. Wow. And then his wow. and he's like this ten year old kid. And then his mum came over, and I was like, oh, you are in trouble now, buddy, because here comes the mum cop. And she comes over and and I said, your son's punched me in the face, and she's called me a pedo and. Uh, <laughs> And let's get the police. Oh, so now oh. I don't. So now I. Yes. Yeah. Where was oh. that? First, I thought uh, we were like getting the real it? life ending to uh, bad education yeah. or whatever. It was yeah. like he did in real life. He changed a young guy's life. Yeah. But no. No, no, no. if anything, nope. I learnt my lesson. Never help. Never. <laughs> Never help. This last clip is from one of my all-time favorite moments of International Waters. I'm talking about lost lyrics. This is from episode 108, Allergic to Whale Dander. This episode was recorded back in September of 2017. Our guests were Michelle Balloon, Jessica Fosticue, Chris Fairbanks, and Joe Sutherland. In this game, our contestants were tasked with making up lyrics for iconic TV show theme tunes. And our guests, well, they were ready to go. So Team US, we're going to have you go first. You're going to put some words. You're going to improvise the lyrics, the lost lyrics, to the theme song of Roseanne, starting now. Well, I'm your mom, and we're gonna eat some processed candies. Flannel shirts for everyone. Clean your room. You wanna strip tease? I forgot how sexy the song is. My husband's John Goodman from a Menon commercial. Hey, here's my nipple tassies. I'm a naked Roseanne bar. Sit on my couch with a quilt on it. Oh, yeah. strong finish. Right, I forgot right. that little spoken word part at the end. Yeah, yeah, where she gets all sassy and says, sit on my couch quilt. <laughs> oh, they would have told years. <laughs> I really I, enjoyed that. I need that. that digitally to put on my, my iPhone. Why, was, so why wasn't it old-timey burlesque strip song? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no. Let <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Flannel shirts for everyone. Clean your room. Oh, my God. Did I enjoy that? All right. So, Team UK, okay. you're going to be giving us the timeless, <sighs> unforgettable lyrical content to the theme song from Coronation Street, starting now. Long to be holding laundry. <laughs> Out in the back jetty. That's an alleyway. There's a man called Curly. (laughs) There is a man called Curly. People in the north are sad. (laughs) (laughs) But they eat chips. I like how it ends. That sounded like it was real. And I loved it so much. And I literally was, I'm holding my heart now because you guys. And and there there is a man called Curly. There is. Oh, to be folding laundry. (laughs) Solid work. But Chris Fairbanks really knocked it out of the park with his, (laughs) with his, Perfect. It hurt me. His his photographic uh. <laughs> memory of the original lyrics of the Roseanne theme song. I'm telling you guys, Chris Fairbanks improvising song lyrics gets me every time. I think that is my sexual preference. 
Well, we have had a lot of fun here today, folks. Thank you for sticking around, and thank you for listening through the whole life of International Waters. We are so excited to come back in just a couple weeks with our brand new show. Oh, I guess we should tell you what the name of the show is. Well, the name of the show, y'all, is Troubled Waters. What makes Troubled Waters different from International Waters? Well, on IW, we organized our teams by nationalities, usually U.S. versus U.K., so one nation in decline versus another nation in a very tacky decline. But the more we thought about it, the more we realized how limiting that model was because there's just so much else that divides us. So at a time when society is undergoing massive, massive change, when deep divisions are fracturing our society, we wanted to make sure we didn't lose sight of the little things that separate us. We wanted to keep our eye on the petty. This show is for quibbles and quirks and the quotidian things that we disagree on. So every episode, we'll figure out a bone of contention among our guests. I will split them up into teams of two. We might call them tribes. Each tribe will then square off in a pop culture battle royale to determine whose dumb opinion should prevail. Will this show help heal the, uh, the strife that is crippling our world? It will not. Will it be a lot of fun? Yes, it will. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in a couple weeks on Troubled Waters, the show that takes petty tribalism to new heights. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.